This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good everybody. Got any house parties on the weekend? <laughs> um, I heard of a couple good ones. Yeah. <laughs> it was off the chain at Paul Vaughan's house. Uh, I did not go to mm. any. I definitely wanted to go to any. So, fuck them. I wanted yeah. to go to them, but we weren't allowed to. So, fuck those guys. Yeah. Uh, let's start there. Obviously, it's fresh in everyone's mind. The, the, the news of the fines has dropped this afternoon just before we've recorded. And it's it's obviously the hot story of the week. So, we'll just launch into that before we get into the games. Um, yes, uh, a, a, a boatload of St. George Illawarra Dragons players have been fined and issued suspensions for their participation in a house party at Paul Vaughan's house after their game on the weekend. Obviously, that's well outside COVID protocol restrictions. Um, and they're rightfully being dragged. Vaughan himself has been suspended, I think, until the finals. Yeah. Uh, the other players involved were Daniel Alvaro, Jared Beale, Jack Bird, Jack DeBellin, Matt Dufty, Kate Ellis, Tyrell Fumiono, Josh Kerb, Blake Laurie, Zach Lomax, Josh Maguire, and Corey Norman. No surprises yeah. in that list um so yeah interesting to see what they do first of all with the suspensions because i have read talks about them staggering the suspensions yeah. so that they don't like make the game a joke but i feel like that kind of devalues the suspensions themselves yeah they, they're letting them do it over f- two to four rounds so that's 12 like vaughn's out but that's the yeah. other 12 guys that could be shared around four rounds so what that's three a week other 12 guys i think it should just be yeah, i could get them st- Splitting it because they can't get guys into the roster. I think it should be over two games. You six this week, six next week. Pick, you know. Yeah. And um, I but I don't feel like often there's off-field things that happen, and we don't like to cross a line, and we don't want to say things about players and all that kind of things. But I feel pretty comfortable calling these people a bunch of selfish fuckwits. Yeah. And I think I'll be backed by NRL, the Dragons, anyone in that. That not because of anything, but. The entire fucking state's in lockdown. You know, well, Sydney anyway, Greater Sydney. I know it sucks, but you assholes still get the privilege you were given by that government to train every day of the week. You still get to play the game. You still got to celebrate after the game, pass you on your midget kit, man, smashing beers and celebrating. And you fuckwits, that's not enough for you. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Completely agree. And look, I, I actually kind of do get the point when people are like, oh, but what's the big deal? They were all together. It's like they're all together all the time. They get tested. Yeah, that's not really relevant because, you know, for all, for all we know, one of them has gone to a cafe or one of them has gone to a store when they shouldn't have. And they've bumped into someone who has COVID and now they've given it to everybody else. That's like the, the whole point is minimizing contact. And this is obviously not an essential activity. And so... Yeah, it's just, I'm glad they've had the book thrown at them. It's extremely selfish. Uh, and yeah, I don't think they should be able to stagger the suspensions over four weeks. And the, and the list is a who's who's of vapid pricks anonymous, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. And, oh, what a shock that it's Corey Norman, Jack Bird, Josh McGuire, Matt Dufty, Paul Vaughan on this list. Jack DeBell. I'm like, oh, well, well, who saw that coming? Yeah, no, I'm shocked. Ben and Hunt, what a nice not, boy. Wasn't yeah, there? not there. I mean, that's it. Like, some of the guys weren't there. And, um, some of the dudes as well, you feel like Gerard Beal, you were out of the game like three months ago. The fuck is wrong with you? Corey Norman, you're out of the game. Nobody wants you. You might have just lost your last 50 grand. 
what is wrong with these people? Right? Like, and again, as I said, they get to do, they get to live almost a normal life right now while the rest of us get locked up in here and watch their shit sport now. <laughs> yeah. And they get that privilege. And then I know you say, oh, but they, they train and they tackle each other all week. So, yeah, those are the rules, mate. The government gave them that. They're allowed that. They're allowed to do that for that in the, in the parameters they're given in their bubble. But as you said, you think they had enough beer for 14 blokes or 13 blokes at that house? Do you think yeah. they didn't stop somewhere and pick it up and all meet up and do whatever? And you don't, you think they didn't invite anyone over? Yeah. And listen, they know they're doing the wrong thing as evidenced by the story today that blokes were hiding in blankets or hiding under the bed and stuff like that. And I will say, it, it's good to see Jack DeBellins really learned from his legal troubles. Yeah, guys, really been humbled from the last couple of years. And, you know, yeah. you know, when he's crying about coming back and what a tough time he's had, he's really been yeah. humbled and really learned so his took lesson. him two weeks to do something wrong again. And obviously yeah. not the same scale, but, you know. And hiding under a bed, classy yeah. human. When the cops got there, that's what the report from uh, Paul Kent was. And Corey Norman, one of the ones that ran away. And it's like, yeah, those guys just have never learned. And, you know, it's going to, it hasn't cost a lot of them that much. It's cost Paul Vaughan pretty much a tenth of his salary, which is quite stop, a pit. Stop idolizing and standing these people. Yeah, well, Just it's good to it see out. people who like the Corey Norman love has finally stopped. That guy got heaps of love from women of the internet for a long time. I don't understand mm. why. I know no. he's good looking, but he was clearly a fuckwit the entire time. Mm. Selfish man, and this has happened. And I don't think he'll get an NRL club. He might, but he ain't getting a big deal next year. No. He's going to get what he deserves. But like, you just look at it. it, oh, it I felt very old man angry when I heard about it. Cause, I, cause, like, I'm sitting inside this whole time and I hate yeah. it too, but that's what I have to do. Mm hmm. I wish just, that I, I got to go hang out with the fellas for training and, and play a game every week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the same thing. It's like, oh, well, if I can go to the store, why can't I go to my friend's house? It's like, well, yeah, no, we have to draw the line somewhere. And we draw yeah. the line at just like, you can go to Woolworths, wear a mask. That's yeah. it. You don't check into Paul Vaughan's, do you, with your QR code, mate? No. No. no the you deal don't. is you, you check in where you go, go back for fuck home. And then we know where everything went. Not, uh, I'll just pop by, you know, half the roster's house on the way home. No. Um, but yeah. So I guess Manly is going to be the very popular Coltrane Cup tip next week. Well, that was the other unfortunate thing. I was looking for the benefit we could have gained from this. I was like, let's see what we can get. And then I looked at the rest of their draw the next four weeks. It's not actually a great benefit. You know, if you haven't picked the Titans, you might pick them in two weeks, but I still wouldn't trust the Titans. But they've got Manly next week then the Titans and South. It might be my Raiders game. Depending uh, on who don't, they um don't talk to me about the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know I talked to Unpicky him this weekend, but now like Whiteington Origin, probably Matt Matt Frawley in half. I don't know if I can pick them, but I'll see who who the dragon actually I can't even say the dragon's aim this week, but yeah, I think the Raiders I might be hoping they keep like three suspensions for that game. Because yeah, if I'm the Dragons, by the way, I just don't play I honestly stack six of them against Manly, cop that loss. Six of them against South. Cop that loss. Why just put all 12 against Manly then if you're going to cop the loss? Because I don't know if they can do that with the rest of the players they can bring in. Oh, right, right. Because okay. like, obviously they have to like bring in guys outside of the 30 and pay them and whatever. Match payments. Um, that's what I would do because you're probably going to lose those games anyway. And you want to be full strength for that. Tight, there's Titans Raiders games because those are kind of like, you know, your relegation six pointers. You know, they're your top eight, four pointers. Yeah, games, but... exactly. All right. All right. Um, Let's move on to the games. Let's uh, let's do all the blowouts together. So let's. let's... <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I, I mean, there's there's nothing to analyze from Roosters Storm, Bulldogs Manly, Raiders Titans, Knights Cowboys. Although 
Knights having their full strength spine back for the first time in 18 months. Great to see. I think they like the finals or Tigers Rabbitohs. There's just nothing to really analyze from those games from a game point of view. So let's just clump them all together and gloat, I guess. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Combined do score of Lando Ball 3,000 to yeah. <laughs> 3 rugby league six or something. Yeah, well, Souths didn't. <laughs> Souths literally just didn't come out of the sheds at halftime. It's the only reason why this wasn't like four four teams being held to like under 10 points. Yeah, um, and Manly are currently that team who are enjoying five, I should people. say. Five, sorry, five. Like Souths have done that stuff. They've been there kind of thing. So they get up and they're just like, whatever, they're chilling now when they get up. And most yeah. of the games they get up, they do that now. Manly doing that thing like, you know, the first time you're in a good team, you're like 12 or 13 with your mates. You're like, fuck, let's run a score up, boys. Let's fuck them up. Manly doing that every week. They're doing trick shots from the first half. They're trying to beat, they're trying to set a point scoring record. They might hit 80 points in a game this year. Like the way they go about it. I thought this was the game, to be honest. And I I, I didn't like, because my sleeping pattern is fucked because of the work I've been doing for Wimbledon. And so I I get up around four. So I was like, yeah, I might just, uh, I'm not setting the alarm early to get up at three to watch this game. So I woke up and it was 54 nil or something. And I was like, ah, okay. That's about what I thought. Um, yeah. What's, um, I, w- I was told there was four disallowed tries as well. So it could yeah. have been 80. And they, and they had a couple of forward passes called back. Like they were just doing trick shots from the first half you know, Crossfield kicks in their 10 again to get get points in the in the second half. Ruben Garrick only scored 30. Well, they got three tries from Saab, three from Tommy and five, a two from Ruben Garrick. Just ridiculous. And I know, I feel like the people who are still standing up for the rules just aren't watching the blowouts anymore. That is not. You can't be watching these games and telling me you're enjoying them. Like I can't it, believe there's still a handful left. They turn into like, you know, when Golden State Warriors have, and I, I know we, people get sick of cross sports comparisons, you know, when that Golden State have like everyone injured and it's just Steph Curry and he's like, whatever, I'm going to score 60 and we're still going to lose. It's like those highlights from Steph Curry look great in a 12 second tweet video, you know, but the game, if you watch it, was a garbage game of basketball. That's what the game is now. It's like, oh man, how cool was that manly crossfield kick? So yeah. What, but the rest of the game fucking sucked. It's like, it fucking sucked. Like, Manly are getting away with, like, they get on top. And I've got to respect it. They've been forced into this because of injury. But they're just playing backs as forwards. And, like, they, they're mid, uh, forward pack at one point has Carl Lawton, Dylan Walker, and Jared Lachlan Croker in it. If that happened last year or even earlier in the season, Manly fans would be screaming for Dez's head. Well, Manly fans were screaming for Dez's head yeah. in the first. Uh, can we just remind people that... Uh the bootlickers were calling this manly team one of the worst teams of the last decade after four weeks when we were like, yes. these rules fucking suck. Yeah. And now they're now one of the best teams of the last history. Yeah. <laughs> now one of their players having the best season ever. Yeah. So, uh, that's it. But up. like, that's it. They get on top. The other team's gas and they just got like Dylan Walker's running downhill. It's just unbelievable. And people watch that game and go, yep, this is, this is fine. <laughs> I want to see, that's what I'm saying. I want to see what happens. Like, can this storm just, like play Nico Hines as a bench middle. I mean, why not? Look, if it's working for Dylan Walker, it'll work for Nico yeah. Hines. It's like so. they've got to find what they do with Paps and Nico Hines and stuff. They're scoring 20 points. Why don't they just like, you know, have Grant and Brandon Smith and Nico Hines and Paps and Hughes and Munster on the field all at the same time? Because it doesn't seem to matter once the other team's tired what position you're playing. You no, it doesn't. Running over them. Well, Lachlan Croker's playing well, and Manly fans have hated Lachlan Croker for like three years. Yeah. yeah. 
They're going to get Fire New back. They're going to get better. It's <laughs> fucked. It's fucked. And then the Storm, I, I didn't have the illusions of that game being close. I know many people went into it just because they saw Storm and Roosters. They thought oh, they were going to no. no, 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 yeah, no. get a get a good game. I was I had no illusions it was going to be close, but I didn't think it was going to be that much no, of a smash No, nor did up. I. I mean, it was, it was like the South's games against Penrith and, and Melbourne all over again. It's like I had no illusions of South winning those games, but I at least thought they wouldn't get absolutely tailed up. But they did. And it but was they did. It was boring. <laughs> like, it was. Like I've liked a lot of the Storm Smash Ups. I can at least enjoy them this year. That sucked. And then yeah, we got a couple of close games. We'll go to them that it's weird how people are crowing anytime it's a close game now. That's what the sports come. That's what the analysis of the sports come. And then the Raiders getting thumped by the Titans at home. I've shaken up the Coltrane Cup. I haven't seen the updated ladder, but I don't want to talk about it. But uh the Coltrane Cup is cancelled. <laughs> Yeah, another classic smash up. They couldn't. They were the one team that couldn't swing swing the roll back on the Titans. Never I'm very annoyed by. It. I'm just so angry. Like it's just fucked. Like what are they? Oh. Anyway, so I may as well do it now before we move on yeah. to the actual good games. I did some numbers after four rounds. Everyone knows who's listened listen to the podcast about the margins of where they were headed at that point. Yeah, I've done some numbers again. The first ones I'm going to mention, and all these numbers are through 16 rounds because. I don't want it. Like, if you head to a full season, it doesn't really balance out, in my opinion. But, but we're heading into blowout season now, right? Like, this is when blowouts start in most regular seasons. Mm. So, after 16 rounds, the Storm currently have the equal best for and against of all time at, after 16 rounds. That's plus 390. <laughs> They're tied with the 1935 Sydney Roosters team. Who got to play a Bulldogs team that was, like, amateurs. Who put 91 points on them. They also had... The 38 try Dave Brown season. That is true. <laughs> to be fair, Josh Adekar and Alex Johnson might both get the 38 tries. They might. So there's that. They the Storm have not so they've got the same four against, but they've got the most points scored ever in the history of the game, ever, after 16 rounds. Is that good? In the modern professional era, <laughs> they have more points scored. They've scored the same amount of points at this point, right? In in after 16 rounds, as the salary cap cheating storm scored in the entire yeah. season. This is the point you need to make to these these idiots that still think this is like normal. It's like this team now is better than when they had four of the best seven players of all time and were cheating the salary cap by $2 million. Yeah, they finished in 2007 with a plus 350 points differential. They're, they're at that now. And in 2008, they, had, they scored 584 points across the whole season. They're at yeah. that now. And look. Like, and they, yeah. <laughs> Like, I know Paps isn't really playing, but just chuck him in there for the sake of it. It's like Paps, Hines, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, Brandon. These are fine players, but they are not Cameron Smith, Greg Inglis, Cooper Cronk, and Billy Slater. And yet their team is outscoring those teams. So that roster had in it, and I know two of the, uh, Will Chambers uh, was gone after like round 11 or so, but the back line at one point had Billy Slater at fullback. The centers were Chambers and Falau. And people might laugh at the wingers, but they're Quinn and Turner, who were representative good wingers. Players. Yeah. Uh, Inglis was the 5'8". Cronk was the halfback. Cam Smith yeah. was the hooker. The back row was Dallas Johnson at lock, Ryan Hoffman, Jeremy Smith. So f- f- all rep back row. Brett White and Jeff Lima front rowers. Off the bench, Adam Blair. <laughs> fuck me. Antonio Cafusi. Michael Crocker, who also ended up starting at some point. Yeah. And they still had an old Matt Guy off the bench. And they had Kevin Proctor on the roster. They had Joe Tamani, who went overseas. They had Aiden Tolman on the roster. 
They like they had Dan Nilsson on the roster. Uh, they had Sam Tagatese on the roster. They had Willie Manu on the roster. This team ridiculous has scored the same amount of points in sixteen rounds as that team did in in twenty six, and we're cool with it. So that's that. The Storm were doing that so well. Still going on the Storm. Uh, it took the two thousand one Eels, who currently are the all time most points scored in a season, until round nineteen to score five hundred eighty four points. That's with no buys as well. Yeah. Uh, the Eels played twenty six games to get through to their 839 points. They scored that at 32.3 points per game. The Storm are currently scoring at 36.5 points a game. So they've got eight more points, to eight more games, sorry, to score 256, which they 32 points a game to beat the Eels. If they keep going, yeah, they keep going at the rate they've been scoring all season so far, they still score 876. If they go at the rate they've been scoring the last 10 weeks, They'll score 923 points. Do they play Penrith? It's really the only thing that can stop them. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then do they, they? They do. They yeah. do, right? Yeah. They do. Potentially when Cleary's back or not. Uh, and so Adokar's 19 tries through 16 rounds is the most since Phil Blake scored 20 in, a, in, in, in 16 rounds in 1983. Oh, and there's a guy right behind him who scored 18 or yeah. 17. It's and it. there's and a guy behind him. Like Adokar's has scored in six games, by the way. <laughs> Like, so there's the storm. Um, we've also at the point now, equal most all-time teams held to nil after 16 rounds. 11 teams. So we've got one team scoring like that. We've also had 11 teams held to nil, which is equal most all-time with a 1989 uh, season. Uh, unfortunately, it was points on Sunday. We didn't get the outright first. So that's, that's sad. Hmm. And then for league-wide stuff, the most ever games at a 24-plus margin over 16 rounds. What a shock. Fewest, like a huge distance as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fewest zero to six games since 2005, but there have been less, 14 less games played in 2005 at this point. It is the lowest percentage of zero to six uh, game margins. This is zero to six margins. It's 1954 and the second lowest of all time. And in 1954, they had eight teams and tries were only three points still. And that's it. That, that, anyone, that's it. Uh, what else we got? And then we've got best margin of all, all to, or most points scored through 16 rounds in the Storm. Panthers are eighth most all-time. Eels are 17th most all-time. Manly are not- 19th most all-time is through that 16 rounds. You, what, four, well, we've got four of the best teams of, of history. Oh, well, we should just be loving it. You should sit back and appreciating greatness then. And uh, that's it. And even like the Eels are 34th best all-time when four and against at this point. The Panthers are fourth. Yeah. It's fucked. And I know it's too many good teams there. But the thing is, the <laughs> other side of that coin isn't there. No. There's like people were talking the first four or five rounds, and we've got historically bad teams. We kind of don't. <laughs> the, I mean, the, the dogs must be close. Then they're, they're not even nights. Are bad. they not? 2016. No, no, right. 2016. Yeah, so they're not like all time, and, and they're not. If you, if you take out the losses against Melbourne and Penrith, Souths would be in that conversation as well. For points different, yeah. and so with the Roosters. Like the, the only reason we don't have like five or six of these teams is because when the top two are playing like the next couple, they're blowing them out as well. They are, and that's the funny thing is we've got like four or five of the best four against of all time. We've got like the worst seventh place team in a de- in twenty years as well. Dude, the Sharks it, have six wins out of fifteen games, yeah. and they're eighth. They're in the finals. Yeah, that's it. That just it just crashes right down. 
And I think um, if you haven't looked at it, Pythagorean RL has got a good article that touches a bit more on all, on all the issues with it because people seem to still not understand that no one who's against the six again has said it's just the six again. That's just the, you know, that's just the poster boy of the rule changes. It's the confluence of all the things that have come together that make the game what it is now. Yeah. And whilst there is still some good games, no one said all the good games are dead. And no one said good teams aren't supposed to win by lots. You know, that happens. There's always going to be good teams. It's those games in the middle. General, like the, the general NRL game is shit now and it's a blowout. There's fuck all games where a team wins by six to eight. Yeah, yeah. there's fuck all zero to six games. Really, we had a couple of them. We had the two one point games on the weekend, but like, there's the numbers prove those games aren't there, and it's not just the bad teams getting blown out. Again, Titans blew out someone one spot above them on the ladder by forty points. The same week, the Knights blew out the Cowboys, and the and the reverse of that, the Cowboys had blown out the Knights a few weeks beforehand. <laughs> Alex Johnston and Ruben Garrick between them have fifty four line breaks. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> They, Manly's back three are all in the top five for top try scorers. And one of them's missed half the season. Yeah, I was looking through it. I think Alex Johnson now might have the most line breaks in like 20 years in a season already. 28. It's ridiculous. And it's, Garrett's got 26. It's insane. Yeah, it's just, it's stupid, mate. And like, and it feels like once this gets corrected, it's going to have to be like the steroid error in baseball. Like just an asterisk on this. Why do people... And this is not you using that word. You just triggered me by saying it, though. It's like, why do people, there are still people, smart people whose opinions I respect, who think that this is going to correct itself and that teams will work it out in inverted commas. No, it will not happen. I mean, it's not going to happen. It might get closer, right? Because teams will have to change their players and stuff. But it's only so fit a man can get. You know, there's only so much. But I don't understand the resolution, Bunga, people coming with is tweaking. The shit rules. Just get rid of the shit rules. Yeah. And, and you know, the NRL could do a thing where they own, like, you know what? We got the six again wrong. We'll get rid of that. But they can actually say they did do some good rule changes, right? The last two years. We just forgot about them. Like The like, the the, tri- the bunker change with tries, great, I like. That's great, great change. Uh, the scrum position on the field, great change. But less In, scrums. Bad. Yeah. Uh, the captain's challenge has been great. Sweet focus. You got some good ones. But yeah, geez, we got these ones wrong. And the, and the weird messaging now again, it's now saying they did bring fatigue back after saying they didn't bring it back. It's been bizarre as well, the strange messaging. But it just feels like there's just been no real goal. Of, like the changes have happened. This is what's happened. And then there's no goal. Like what do, what did we get? We got a worse game and that's it. Like we, we didn't get more viewers. We didn't get a better broadcast deal. Didn't get more entertaining games. Oh, but Greenberg had to go, mate. He had to go. Yeah, and the weird highlighting is like, oh, well, you know, but Tommy and these guys are having great seasons. Like, yeah, they're having ridiculous seasons, but those guys were already good. You know, like they're already having good seasons before. It's just cranked it up a notch. Just like it's cranked up the great teams versus the, the average teams. It's cranked up the good players against the average players, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's just, it's bizarre that people are still reasoning with it. And the, well, I found an interesting one too. Uh, his name's Jack Ricky on Twitter. So this is his work. So the last 30 games, the average margin in the NRL, 23.5 points. In the AFL, 23.3 points. That's bad. Yeah, 1 to 12 margins in that period. NRL 9, AFL 11. What's his Twitter handle so I can go find this? Underscore Jack underscore Ricky. And, uh, How do you spell Ricky? R-I-C-K-Y. 
And 25-plus margins last 30 games. NRL 16, AFL 12. Oh, yeah, found it. So that's a sport that goes up. As we know, scores go over 100 frequently on both sides. And that had a, a few years ago, the other side of this call, we used to laugh at the at AFL blowouts. The Swans won a game by like 110 points yesterday. Yeah, the blowouts, unpredictability. We used to yeah. always laugh at that predictability. We used to laugh at that stuff. And it's happened to our sport. And even if you take away all the agendas and everything, take away all the rules, whatever you prefer, it's like the measures of the game, the ratings haven't gone up. We'll see what happens with the broadcast deal, but there's our word that it won't be second Brisbane team, which means broadcast deal hasn't gone great. If they don't get another Brisbane team, they can't afford that. You know, what did we gain? And we're just going to stick it out because reasons. And people still seem to justify it and want to know what, what has happened to the game. It's like the scoreline is the most basic thing and it's been fucked. <laughs> like, I don't know what else you want to hear. And it's good teams have always been there. Bad teams have always been there. Good Ross always been there, all that kind of shit. It's not about that. It's about the entire game as a whole. There's way more blowouts than ever, whatever. You know, it's just exhausting discussing the, people asking the same questions, every, like not to us, but in general. And I have seen many people who were actually up our ass after round four, mate, have changed their opinion, which is good because, like, it's just, it's boring rugby league, mate. And I, I don't know how you can put it any other way. There's no attrition, as Christian Welch nailed it. There's just no to and fro, no attrition, no kind of earning a right to score points. You maintain possession, you get points. It's pretty much how the game works. Yep. I uh, I just anyway, and let's. I guess we can offshoot into a couple yeah. other but, related points to this. One of which, um, you've got a player in the best team saying the rules suck publicly. You yes. got now you've got analysts on TV like Mike Lennis calling them out publicly. Like the wheel is turning. There's no way this is. There's no way this is in the game next year. I can't. I mean, I, I mean, Christian, as you said, Christian Welch saying it, he's in the team that is globetrotting every week, putting up huge scores and having trick shots with him. And he's like, this is boring. Yeah. Dude, I got to half time yesterday and I'm like, if South weren't playing, I'd turn this game on. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I think your mate, uh, your mate Phil from the uh, South preview this year made a good point. He compared it to like taking away the gap between rounds in boxing. That was him this week, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a great point. Like, I think that's a pretty good metaphor. Like the, you know, the rules in sports, that's another thing. People seem to miss that part. The rules in sports exist to keep games competitive. Any sport, yeah. like that's we, what the rules are for. We hate the last two minutes of basketball because of all the stoppages, but the game yeah. would be a worse product without them. Yes. And we rules, understand that. Yeah. Rules exist to make games competitive. That's the whole point of rules or anything. The rules of your board game at home, the rules of Monopoly, the rules of anything is to make the game as even flooring as possible. And boxing, as he said, his comparison was like having the favorite, the fitter guy, Without round breaks, the guy, the fitter, whatever guy, is always going to win. And yeah, sure, that's what we, you know, the, the favorite should always, you know, he should win. But we don't watch sports for that reason. Like, if it was just every time the team that was a dollar ten was going to win, why would we watch any sport ever? No. Like, there's no break for, that's it. There's no break for the worst fighter. The same thing in this. There's no break for the team on the ropes. They haven't got time to understand, figure out what's happening to them or slow down or get a penalty kick to the touch or control the game, whatever. They sort of cop it until they crack and hope the other team drop the ball. And if they don't. Blocker Roach was calling it out on Friday. He Blocker was. Roach. Like everyone's turning. There's, there's no one left apart from Volandis himself and Wayne Bennett. So <laughs> yeah. And I think Wayne is just because he just doesn't want to get you know, involved in such frivolities. So he'd rather use his or, media time to he's also, have a pop at the Broncos. But to say that's what he's doing and he's just calling toxic clubs again and it's the Broncos pops. But uh, yeah, I think the worst thing, mate, is just feels like we're going to, we're not going to get rid of it this off season. 
for whatever reason, this is the rule that really that Peter Vlandis himself seems really tied to. Like he must have been spruiking in pubs for a decade or something with his mates. That was going to fix the game. But I reckon we're going to end up with that half baked rule next year of like penalties in our own half, or they'll just take it away for ten meters, which is good. The ten meters change was ridiculous. Like these things are all predictable. We predicted these things. That's the worst part about it, mate. See, thinking about any of these things, we predicted it from the start. All this didn't know blow it this much. We predicted them being bad changes, but that's not going to fix all the issues. And I also feel really sorry, mate, for like clubs right now. They're all going through recruitment again. They're getting told how shit they are at it. And they don't even know what the rule is going to be next year. How can you recruit if you don't even know what kind of player you need? Yes. You know, it's like the the prototype could change so quickly again. And like, well, you know, and you've got to get blamed again that you weren't ready for the game becoming touch footy. Like big middle forwards are just going to not really be a part of the game anymore unless they're like very athletic, like day for feeder types. Yeah. But that's um, yeah, the problem in a nutshell they made is the decision makes feels like they don't know what they want. Like they don't really know what the problem is. They don't know the viable solution. They yearn for something that never really existed. They yearn for this like golden age of rugby league in the head that was never there. They renaissance the type of footy they remember, but never happened. Mm. And they just throw things against the wall to try and get that back without like thinking we've been at this before on the podcast, but it's never going back. Mm-mm. And there's lots and, Peter Valandis, unfortunately for him, he has to live and die by these decisions. The people that were making that noise don't have to live and die by that. Like Maddie Johns went on his show every week for five years, bitching about block plays that were kind of dead anyway, talking about the little man, talking about fatigue and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, how much freer players were in the noise, all that kind of thing, talking about all this shit. But it was, it's none of it's actionable. You know, it's like if you, 90s football is 90s football. You might have loved it. It's great. But, you know, to go back to 90s football, you're going to take away professionalism. You're going yep. to like, well, okay, we'll get rid of the Polynesians. We'll get rid of weights. We'll get rid of sports science. Yeah. We'll go back 30 years. Everyone's got to have a job during the Everyone's week. Everyone's got to no, have a job. No training. The quality be be better as a whole, but the better players will dominate. And that was fun. You know, <laughs> like the little man who still dominated. But yeah, it's just... You can't wind sports back. I think people around the whole world understand that. And it was just such a big change based on things being romanticized. And it's the same thing with the, with the suburban stadium stuff that the government's agreed to. It's like, yeah, I know you remember suburban stadiums being great, but that's not what the future of sport is. And it just feels like we're not pushing towards the future anymore with any of this stuff. And it's just depressing, mate. And I know it doesn't help our listeners on this podcast or me and you aren't enjoying footy or what it is right now that much, but it is what it is, mate. Like we'll be honest with them. Like, the whole state of it is depressing now that I thought I was in a sport that was heading in the right direction, you know, all-time highs in certain things. You know, Macklemore was at heart, was at a grand final. That was cool because they weren't afraid of dealing with, you know, celebrating gay marriage, for example. They weren't afraid of that stuff. They were trying to push more modern stadiums. They were trying to push down a digital, a digital arm for themselves. Everything that was done was decision-made processes. Agree with it or not, they at least they had the data to back it up, not just the romanticized one-liners and things that, you know, the headline of the paper, they can say like, well, the wrestle's dead. Yeah. No, you can't prove it. It's all. Oh, yeah. Which, which team is that the, which team has the most six again disparity against them this year? Remind me. The Storm, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It is the Storm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the wrestle's dead and those dastardly Storm boys are paying the price. Yeah, so it's yeah, just exhausting, <laughs> mate. And then you, and you think every week it's some new weird excuse about why it isn't what's changed. It's changed the game. It's everything else. It just gets exhausting. And 
I hate being one of those people that like wants to let's just go back or let's um, you know tired with the game. But I just am. Every, like most of the hardcore fans I know are, are sick of this and bored with what the game has become. Yeah, which is not where we want to be. <laughs> it's not. And like, yeah, and there was good games on the weekend again, right? No one's denying there could be good games. Uh, I I did enjoy the the Warriors Dragons game was good in only a way a Warriors game can be. That like, why can nobody win this goddamn game? I enjoyed that. Panthers Heels was pretty good, and I did love the Broncos game. But obviously, I like that. But the Broncos game also felt like the whistle was put away, and it was like like the Broncos laid all over that ruck. It felt like to me and got away with it. And all of a sudden it felt like old rugby league. So it was only two ruck infringements in that game, you know, in the whole, whole game. So it's what it felt like. And some penalties and whatever. It, it felt more like a, a regular game of rugby league because of that to me, but uh, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, these good games, but just on the whole, the, the whole product's boring. And I mean, origin was boring. Do we need like a, a 60 nil storm grand final? It's going to happen. I think that's what we need, mate, to change something. Do we? Well, I mean, yeah, my team might be on the end of a 50-0 prelim, so I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. So. Oh, well. the things, <laughs> it's just no way this goes through the next season, especially with the broadcast negotiations now. We haven't heard much about that. Mm. But if the ratings haven't gone up, so they can't be good. They can't be the best negotiations. No, no, they can't. Um, and, and as I said, mate, other people can make all suggestions they want to land this for the NRL, but the NRL are the only ones who live and die by the changes. So even if the broadcast... Excuse me, even the broadcaster came up with the ideas. They're not the ones who have to live and die by them, like the NRL do. Yeah, and it's look, and it's just I think it's just so far gone to the point that there's no there's no I think I just think he's dug his heels and and is he won't go back on it until he's absolutely forced to. So Yeah, that's it, mate. No yeah, way around should, it. Should we talk about yeah. the other DC yeah. games this weekend? Three I mean three close-ish games. I thought there's Broncos Shark game was the best game of the weekend, but we'll start with Dragons Warriors. Corey Norman missed a billion kicks at goal, but he nailed one of his seven field goal attempts when it mattered. Yeah, that was the most Warriors game of the season. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they just kept it was like they're on the take, mate, the last 15 minutes. They just kept trying to find ways to lose that game. And even turning it the ball over with the scrum before the Dragons kicked the field goal. They just kept giving the Dragons possession and opportunities. The Dragons had possession for five minutes more than the Warriors. And they had, as you said, so they had what three shots at field goal and the, and the Warriors had two. They were all dead set in front from both teams and they missed four combined until Norman finally kicked his after missing all those goals. But uh, just the most Warriors loss of all time. And, you know, Ben Hunt was exceptional in this game, I thought, but there's still the great Achilles heel of him is his, uh, he does not like field goals. He's kicked one in his career and it was in a, a game that already won anyway. He uh, avoided them like the plague at <laughs> the last two, 10 minutes. Just doesn't like him. But mate, carried, he, he, he went to the line 35 times in that game, Ben Hunt. Ridiculous. How many running meters did he have? 227. That seems like a lot. <laughs> For a halfback, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Good on him. Happy for him. Um, yeah. yeah, Chad Townsend's field goal attempt less, uh, I mean, quite ill-advised, I think. It was Coppins and Pelters for that yeah. in the commentary team afterwards. Um, but yeah, look, um, not a lot to be happy about. I mean, this was a team with Jack DeBellin on it, coached by Anthony Griffin, versus a team that's just signed Matt Lodge. So as a neutral, I was rooting for the draw. But Yeah, we almost got there. Yeah, we did. Um, 
Panthers Eels was is all right. See, all you had to do to make the Eels the Panthers games competitive was take away Nathan Cleary and another spine member. That's the only one that great, you know, and they still won. But uh, yeah, it was a de- it was a decent game, and honestly, that with the start of it, you thought they hadn't figured it out again, the Panthers. And I don't know what the deal is, but you know, Tyra May just is the halfback again, even though he wasn't named there. I don't know. They're just sticking to that. Didn't don't love that, but yeah, he was a bit of a handbrake on the side. But Appy Appy Corusel really stepped up, and I thought he had a, a fantastic game and, and steered them around the park on their way to victory. But they've also got quite good at Penrith. Have is like one of the best things of, of what starts off these good teams now is just like those are those aggressive backs, like you know, big strong carries early. And Brett Naden came in and filled that role quite well. And we saw it in the Blues and Origin too. But yeah, Brian Tolo as well. But yeah, all the meters they get at the start of their sets is what makes the biggest difference for these guys at the moment. And um, Parramatta had their opportunities and Mitch Moses had his opportunity and uh, he didn't take it, but he, he still got the jersey. Yeah. I mean, and look, the tweet I did got went pretty viral after this game. And, and look, people who know me know I was obviously taking the piss a little bit. Like, obviously, they shouldn't just pick the origin halfback based on Mitch Moses missing a penalty goal late in the game. Um, and I rightfully caught Pelters the next day when Adam Reynolds missed an even easier kick, um, uh, which I, I have to admit was very funny. Yeah. But, and then people were like, oh, told you they'd pick my. I'm like, did you not read my original tweet? I said Moses was the one getting origin high. If you'd asked yeah. me who they were going to pick, I would have said Whiten and Moses. If you asked me who they should have picked, I would have said Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds. But yeah, that's not the question. The question is who they would have picked. And they picked exactly who we knew they were going to pick. Yeah, so, it was easy for them to being a dead rubber. They went yeah. really. That was a question, and I actually don't know the answer to this. Is would he have picked the South's combination if it was if this game was live? Maybe, and it's not that I don't like. Some people have turned into thinking Mitch Moses has been player. good this year. He had a good He's year, a good player. But Reynolds is a good player too. But, um, Whiten's the one that doesn't really deserve that shot. But it's quite funny. Like I don't know why Brandy loves him so much, but when Luai was like ruled out. Brandy confirms on like Fox Sports panel like 10 minutes later that Jack White is the 5'8". It's like, he just like, bro, he's like, I'm just saying it. And then we have to pick him. If I just say it, they can't pick someone else. So Ridiculous. And th- But this is what annoys me, right? So for like three, four years, we've had it drummed into it. Our combinations, combinations, combinations. You've got to have club combinations. We've got to pick the club combinations to play in the halves because the club combinations, they're the only thing that can work. Club combinations. And that's what led mm-hmm. to Mitchell Pierce being picked a billion times. But so they picked Jerome Lewitt. Fair enough. He deserved it. Been the best 5'8 in the, in the comp this year. Um, but then you've got two guys who play club football together who also play with the hooker. Maybe, but no, 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 We'll pick Jack Whiten, who's in career worst form, and Mitch Moses, who doesn't play with anyone in the Origin team apart from Junior Paula. So great, fantastic. It's just bullshit. Like they fed <laughs> us this line for so many years to justify not picking Adam Reynolds or Cody Walker, and now when it's logically to, if you were going to apply the exact same logic. You would have to pick Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker. They're like, nah, no, nah, I don't remember saying that. Not Club combinations. Get the fuck out nah. of here. This is Origin. Jack White and baby. Fuck off. <laughs> That's it. And Moses, mate, when he lined up that penalty goal, like, was there anything more certain than he wasn't kicking? He looks so tight. Like when they're up big, he'll kick every conversion from everywhere. But he looked tight, and yeah, he he just pulled. He pulled it like his hammies were tight to the left. But just has he's just not the guy. He's just not the guy. We get but I mean, it's a, perfect, it's a perfect situation for him because, look, he's coming into the game. Through, like they, I think you and I could be the halves on Wednesday and think yeah. the Blues are probably still 
be all right. I mean, he'll probably have a couple of good highlights, man, if they're if they're killing it because he, you know, he's a pretty good support player and pretty good in broken play. So he probably have some good moments, but uh, yeah, just that whole thing is all picking for their future kind of thing is just a laugh. Like he's older than the current halfback. And I know it could be oh the safety for the future guy as well, but you're picking a winner game now, in my opinion, always with Met football. So yeah, and that's the thing. I the only like my mate, my mate Tim Elbra, who works with Chandler, is a great guy. Tweeted and said, but mate, you know, isn't it worth blooding Mitch Moses? And I get that argument. I do. But at the same time, he's three years older than Nathan Cleary. And is it really, mm. and really, if let's say in 2025, Mitch, uh, Nathan Cleary gets hurt, are they, are they really going to be like, well, that dead rubber Mitch Moses played in 2021, yeah. that, that's really going to, that's really going to pay dividends for us now. And just say he's even going to be the second best option behind Nathan Cleary in four years' time. Like that's assuming that he won't regress, or that anyone else will come on the scene, or that anyone else will improve. I, I don't. I get the logic behind it, but I don't agree with it. Yeah, I'm so, same, mate. They're not going to. He said they're never going to look back on that game from there and go, <laughs> "Well, you know, player X is having a great season." This other halfback, but we picked Mitch Moses four years ago for this moment. Get him in. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that, yeah, that, I don't, I don't that, that night he, he played the worst Queensland team of all time in a game that didn't matter. That'll really that'll really have him ready to go. Yeah, and the one thing I'm happy with is the Paul Green didn't fall for that garbage with Reese Walsh and uh, and Sam Walker. That would have been insane. Because, Absolutely. Again, insane. It's, what the, it's what the Blues did, as you said, the shit series in the last decade. Like, oh, yeah, get them ready for next year. It's like, there's no guarantee. No. Um. Best game of the weekend, your boys. They did it. That probably is probably that's probably enough to mean they won't get the wooden spoon. Yeah, I mean, going into that game with the so everyone knows early season, they kept saying this team not as bad as last year's. They competed at Suncorp, and they and they did generally all, all year bar the um, Storm game and Manly game. They competed with most teams at Suncorp, but the last two weeks heading into this game, once they started talking, like they changed half the staff. They let Lodge go, which is the right call to get off the salary. They they got there, but then Pangai got suspended. Flegler got concussed. Meh. But it's like I went to this game. And I was like, God, we're gonna really find out if they're if they've responded and if they're up for the rest of the season or if they're just gonna pack it in. And I didn't know. Like I was fifty fifty on what was gonna happen on, in those regards. You know, going into the game, and luckily they didn't pack it in. They they bought in again, and um, yeah, it was it was a good win from them. But it's just good to see like a couple of years ago that Ford pack. Kind of, you know, had Josh McGuire, Jofan Galway, Pat Carrigan, who's still at the club, uh, Matt Lodge, Tom Flea, still at the club. They had these like four or five guys, like the same kind of prototype, of, like that media eater guy who, you know, when he makes tackles and defense, he doesn't really bend his back. He just wraps guys up. He, they have decent carries and attack, make good meters, but they're not really dynamic, don't really break tackles, can't really ball play, can't really move laterally, you know? And it's okay having a couple of those meter eaters in your team, but the entire pack was those guys. And this game immediately was like, I mean, we saw if Payne Haas is ball playing now, oof, but he ball played for Kobe, but we saw the difference. Like, great pass. Reese Kennedy should have been, I've said it on the, this and Broncos Weekly, should have been in the side all year. He's been a different player this season when he's played, but he just looks like, you know, that kind of guy, like a Mark Nichols or similar, that veteran you get really good production out for a couple of years who's like pushing the line speed, taking the piss in the ruck and slowing the ruck down, which is good, doing whatever he does right. But then you got like Kobe Heathering too, and you're like, you know, he won't fill up the stat sheet like some of the guys I mentioned. He won't have 12 runs or 140 meters. I don't give a shit because every time he, he tackled somebody, he whacked them, you know, and he made a lot of tackles and whacked a lot of guys. 
And then Ethan Bullmore played like 29 minutes, but he has a nice footwork around the line. And all of a sudden, when you combine like, you know, Kennedy pushing line speed, Hedington hitting people hard, Bullmore who can run lines and go to the line. Kennedy also offloads down towards the line. And then you have, um as well, you have Kobe Hedington who runs lines near the line. All of a sudden, there's like different facets to the pack. It's more dynamic than just having, whilst you might think all those players I mentioned individually are better players than the players we're talking about, about now. There was just no mix there. You know, mm. it's just the same forward. So it was, it was much better mix in the middle, I thought. And then the team played better from there. And, you know, Kevy can be happy with the win, but he's got to kind of wear a bit of egg on his own face, if you ask me. Because, like, you know, Kennedy and Bournemouth should have been on the team all year. Yeah. Kobe Hetherington should have been there. And I know he was on a development contract at the start of the year. Uh, the word I heard, he was going to debut the moment he could. Why they just kept the top 30 spot, hoping Billy Walters would join. They should have just upgraded Kobe, could have played earlier. And then Corioto to Saka being good on the wings. Like, again, yeah. that was there all year. You could have done that. <laughs> How funny were Tessie New's facial expressions when they showed that angle of him running towards the try line? Like, he had this, the, I'm definitely going to score smile when he was like 15 meters out. Then the, oh, fuck, this guy's caught me. And then the oh rollover. Oh, good, I scored. And then it was like, happiness to panic and then relief. It was great. Well, the funny difference between him, like, he's been really good at fullback. Between him and Jermaine is like, in that moment, Jermaine Asako bombs that. Like, there's just slight different things that, you know, if Jermaine was doing that and he got caught, he'd have dropped it, you know? But, yeah, Tessie, there's a reason why when guys in the NRL on the break, they look at the big screen. <laughs> like, he thought there was no one behind him. Like, dude, look at the big screen. There's someone behind him. He slowed down 15 out. And, like, Ronaldo looked very quick on that. Ronaldo's not particularly quick. Like, he got caught by Tom Flegler, remember? Um, but, yeah, he... Um, he got lucky with it, but he had a really good game, Tessie, and uh, it looks like he'll get the rest of the year at fullback, which is nice. But yeah, it's just good to see them win a game and like to win with that custard halves period. Like Tom Tyson Gamble's awesome. He's just fucking hilarious. How he pisses everybody off and how he gave Rami in the tap there. But uh, they're not obviously very talented playmakers that halves pairing, nor is Jake Turpin. Two, but... two wins outside the eight, mate. Believe. Well, mate, the thing is, they're going in now. <laughs> they're better team at Suncorp. They've got the Tigers next one up at Suncorp. Imagine the hype. The the hype train will leave the station if you win next week. Well, they just need, mate. They need some wins for anything, like just to set the right tone for the off season, mate. Like, like how the Titans won some games last year, and all of a sudden players want to go join them. The Broncos need a couple of wins just so they don't look like a, a dumpster fire anymore. It's a win-win for me next week. Either the Broncos or the Tigers will start getting finals hype if they win that game. Uh, Fantastic. Tigers look shot, but who knows what comes yeah. up. Uh, Sean Johnson looks like he was in New Zealand already in this game, by the way. It looks like the emotion of the week definitely got to him, it felt like. Yeah. Uh, Toby Rudolph is really bad defensively. Oh. He is. They caught him out a couple of times. And like, uh, I knew he was leading the league in missed tackles before this game, but holy shit, that attempt on Tessie New was... Awful. It was. And I did enjoy the fellas smashing Aaron Woods. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should probably talk about the bunker decision. And this is probably the first time in history where everyone is in agreement that the the uh the adjudicators completely broke with due process and did the wrong thing, but no one cares. Yeah, I mean, this game, like just before that, they missed that like I don't know how that got missed, but the Tony getting pulled down in back play. And then the next set or so, the Sharks go to the field and score off a forward pass. And I thought, well, that's it. It's one of those games. It's over. And then, you know, two meters forward pass. They're lining the conversion up. And it was a late one. They go to review it. And it's like, oh, my God. Are they going to call this a knock on? (laughs) And they did. And they did it, the Mad Men. I love the bunkers. Like, you know what? I'm not going down with this shit. 
I'm not doing it. I'm not, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm fucking reviewing it. I reckon I can do it. And then the ball like passed from his forearm, so I guess he'd lost control, is the claim. But uh, yeah, really, absolute bullshit. Really, yeah, exactly, absolute bullshit. They got the right call there, so interesting. Um, also, look, Connie Tra- Connor Tracy, by the way, just looks like a, a, a good footballer. I don't know what his future is, but he had, he had a good game in this one. Canori mm. plays, uh, but yeah, nice to win. Hopefully they turn up Winning again. Is in a week nice. It is. What a mate. super Sunday! <laughs> Good to have Stags back. Oh, I was getting like the last two weeks, mate. It's like there was a Paul Ken article about the changes of the last two weeks, and some of the things he said that were symptoms at Brisbane were right, but the solutions, as always, weren't right. Like saying, like you know, there's all these winners at the coaching staff, like just be winners kind of thing, and then like you know, throwing away sports science, and then pointing it like. You know, the first the first time they've ever trained like the storm and the roosters. You know, this last week, it's like, mate, you 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 do understand that like they those two teams love sports science. Like they're the teams that rest players. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like running all felt them into the ground is not what the storm or roosters do. They don't run players into the ground, and we didn't either at training the whole week. Apparently, just the first tough session. But yeah, Stags is great to have him back, and um, Herbie also is looking quite good too. So I don't know. Hopefully they win one or two more games, but those are the, these are the games you need as a fan base, mate, to have some hope going to next season when your team sucks. Yeah. All right. Uh, NRLW signing news. Um, I mean, we knew this. We knew about this for ages, but Jess Sergis going to the Roosters, awful blow for the Dragons. Uh, Isabel Kelly also goes back from the. Dra- she spent one year at the Dragons, back at the Roosters again. Now she was there before that. Um, they've also picked up. Um, They've also signed. They signed Hannah Southwell as well, mm. um, and Corbin Baxter. So, some good signings there. Um, yeah, it's quite funny. You could just you just need to tell some of our listeners ears glaze over when we talk NRLW because we talk talk about the surges thing, and people on our Discord are like, "Oh my god, the Roosters got surges." Yeah, so, yeah, we, yeah we, we knew we, this. We said this on the. See, I, why are they announcing Southwell as a new signing? By the way. I Confused. don't know. They're just announcing the Marquis and like, Corbin. Oh, is that yeah. what they're doing? I'm like, why are they announcing? I'm like, she yeah. played for them last year. Anyway, yeah, she did. Um, uh, Knights have signed their first player, Caitlin Johnston. Um, I remember her for the Roosters two years ago. She missed last year's campaign. She was hurt. Yeah, she was. She was all right from memory. I, can't, I remember her name, which means she must have been all right. Yeah, she's from Indigenous All Stars team as well. Yeah. Um, and Parramatta though have announced a few fantastic signings. Um. I mean, we knew Panatani was going there, but now Samama Taufa, Bo Vetti Welsh, Kennedy Cherrington, and Philomena Hanisi all going there from the Roosters as well. That's some great, that's some great building blocks there for the Eels. Yeah, good signings. They're never going to have a problem getting girls to the, that club, you wouldn't think. I'm surprised no. by Newcastle's issues, and I'm wondering, like, I don't know if you've seen, but in the Olympic Sevens, Elliot Green didn't make the side, mm. side who was like, you know, the oh, best really? player of the sevens yeah, yeah, yeah. for a number of years, but she didn't make it. So I don't know. Apparently she's been injured a bit this year. She's fit right now, but the preseason starts, um, what next, a couple of days, actually NRW preseason does, doesn't it? Anyway, soon. Yeah. Next week. Sorry. It starts. So I wonder if they, um, if they get on the phone to her, cause she played NRW last year and was, was good. So I wonder if they bring her in or try to, cause everyone else pretty much has announced their marquees and the Knights have announced one. Not great. So hopefully they can get somebody in there. But I don't know if we, we spoke about it. We spoke about Brisbane kept all the girls together. I think we mentioned that. That happened just after the podcast, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we know we did. We did. We, we said did, the yeah. Titans didn't get any of them. And that yeah. they signed Brittany Braley and a couple other people. Yeah, the, um, and Broncos kept um Ali Briggenshaw. Uh why, why are they going from my head already? At Millie Boyle, who else stayed? Yeah. Uh uh Tampa Speaker Upton, who they tried to get to go down to 
down to the Titans. Yeah, uh, Amber Hall, Amber and, Hall, and Taron Aiken. Taron Aiken, that's it. Marquise. Not bad. <laughs> no, not bad at all. Uh, interesting. I remember I, I interviewed Charlotte Kazlick for an Olympics thing in March, and she said she'd make a decision on playing for the Roosters again before the Olympics so she could concentrate on the Olympics once it was starting, but she hasn't done anything yet, and that starts in, what, three weeks? So keep an I'm eye get, out for that one, I guess. I'm guessing yeah, uh, like the girls that do the Olympics and the nine NLW won't take the uh, the big salary, so... No, that's, that's yeah, you wouldn't come. have thought so. Um, but obviously, we hope she plays again. She's a great player. I love watching her. Yeah. Um, uh, and NRL movements. Did we talk about Mad Lodge going to the Warriors last week or did no. it happen afterwards? I can't remember. Um, no, but yeah, not. Matt Lodge gone. He's already gone, Mitch. Um, and you won. So, you know, draw your own conclusion. Uh, I mean, he's one of those guys, again, he was going to be a value signing for many a club he went to. And I know the Warriors always thought that the destination he was going to go to because he's, you know, Peter, he's father-in-law. I don't think he's married, but, you know, he's a father-in-law in air quotes. is there. Uh, Brownie and Gus were chasing before, but it feels like a weird fit because they have so many big forwards. It feels like a weird one. But, yeah, for Brisbane, I know they spoke about not letting guys go last week, but I'm sure after they said that, Warriors would come back to the table. But, yeah, they, had, they got someone to take – essentially, the last year of the deal's gone – so that's 800, whatever K of the last year gone. And then apparently they're paying, you know, four to 500, whatever the next two years to get rid of him, which, you know, essentially it's a big bullet to swallow, a pill to swallow, but yeah, they got a whole year off that contract and they got half it off the next two years. So they probably got, took that deal to get rid of it right now. And yeah, they get to move on from him. And we already saw on the weekend, mate, they're like, honestly, Payne has the one man pack. The other guy, you know, maybe you sign a veteran on cheap, like Ryan James, but other guys, it's fine. The pack will be fine without him. And, uh, and the worry is it's weird. They've got like him, Fanua Blake, Bunty Afoa, uh, Masilla, depending on where he plays. Tohu is really good at in the middle. Uh, Tanua Brown. Like they got a lot of props. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, Titans have signed, uh, re-signed both Firma and Jamin Jolliffe. Manly have re-signed Sean Kepi, Brad Parker, and Handsome Rubin. Um, but Melbourne, and this is one that I think it could be quite tasty if it pans out for them because it will just piss off everybody that hates Melbourne. They've signed Tyron Wishart away from the Dragons and yeah. a young, uh, a young. I assume he's related to Rod Wishart. He has to be, surely. Um, he has to be. And capable of playing in the halves or at hooker. So um, if he ends up being good, that's going to piss everybody yeah, off. Yeah, he is the son of Rod Wishart. There you okay. go. Because their, their release didn't say he was the son. It didn't. It just said he had a famous surname. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's weird. But there you go. So he's the son. They did is he good? This. That's good. I don't know. We'll find out, won't we? But, uh, uh, it'll be very funny if he's good. I want him to be yeah. good. But yeah, the, I think what the Titans also extended, what, Paddy Herbert. Like, they've been sending a lot of players. Like, did they sign someone else? I feel like they didn't. Hoomst. I can't remember. And, I, and it doesn't seem like it's na- announced on their website. But I feel like they yeah. signed someone else. I didn't understand. Whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I do like the storm stealing Rod Wishart son. <laughs> From the <laughs> You got to be pissed uh, off about that if you're a Dragons fan, even if he's good like, or not. The Storm <laughs> don't sign people if they're not good, so yeah, obviously they're good. So That's you it. fucked up, Dragons. You fucked up. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, before I get to rookie takes, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. If you want to support the podcast uh, with your wallet, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. You get access to our Discord server. Um, you get access to our Coltrane Cup tipping competition, uh, merchandise. 
uh, as a part of as as part of a perk, and some plenty of other stuff as well. Um, and so thank you to Chris Avnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Alex Sergicomi, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Big Chief sixty nine. Blake Moretti, Blame Hud, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Harvey G, JSG, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Tommy 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Maddie McP, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the not so mature age student, Tom Hardy, Turbos Heroes, and Warwick Ahern. Thank you so much for your continued support. And to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens, thank you as well. Uh, Mitchell, uh, ding dong and uh, sadness update. Uh, ding dong, quite firm for the Broncos, but good, more good. sadness still there for the state of the game. So, yep. Very are. fair. I remember the signing, by the way. They signed Isaac Liu. Oh, from the oh, they did Roosters too. for three yeah, years, yeah. and I feel that's that feels like a classic Titan signing, not a modern Titan signing. So predicting yeah. that's going to go terribly. <laughs> okay, good. It, it just feels like that. Like next year again, they're next year on the contract. They have Jared Wallace on contract, Fodder Waker on contract, Tino on contract. So then they're adding Isaac Liu, which is fine. But then they have like uh, Jolliffe as well. It's like, is Tino going to the edge? I don't know where they'd do that, but yeah. Herman says he has a player option as well. It's just like, what are you doing? You didn't, Isaac, didn't, you didn't need Leo, did you? No. All right. Uh, rookie takes. Remember, if you want to submit and vote on our rookie takes, uh, you must be a Patreon subscriber. This is the segment of the show each week where people submit uh, the uh, silliest opinions from the world of rugby league and you vote about which one is the most silly. Now, I've decided to ban this account, but I will read it out because they've been, <laughs> no, they've been nominated before. But I feel like they just post nonsense to get attention. So this is an Instagram account called RL, in my opinion. Uh, does the NRL really have an issue with blowout score lines? Not really. Not until these blowouts are at least over half of the scores we see in the NRL. I see the whole thing as a bit of an overreaction. Sure, there were three blowouts yesterday, but does that automatically mean the two games decided by a field goal on Friday night just didn't happen? Some games are close. Others aren't. That's always how the game has been and likely will continue to be. Yeah, good take, mate. Yeah, it's um, like, well, you know, it's what is it, forty-five percent of the games are decided by it's nearly half. Anymore? It's nearly half. <laughs> I like that people move the blowout line though, Bungard. Yeah. I saw someone on Instagram had the same thing. Twenty points was the line they drew. Oh, not thirteen plus, which has been the gambling definition of a blowout for you know the entire Forever. time you could bet on rugby league. Yeah, but it's uh, uh, no, it's now twenty points, and also it's not half. It's just just not half. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's forty-eight percent. You idiots. So don't we look silly? <laughs> All right. So the five nominees. First, we have Katie Brown. Everybody, Colin, these blowout scores are ruining the game. Me, Warriors versus George, shushing emoji. Uh, she got, uh, I mean, look, she, she, she took a little victory lap on Friday night and then uh, the chickens definitely came home to roost she, on uh, Super Saturday. When, she went uh, full blue tick, mate. Yeah, which, yeah. Oh, good to see. So many, I rattled so many people. Nah. With, you didn't rattle just, anybody. You were stupid and you got yeah. caught. Yep. Uh, number two, Dragon Fan v- Dragon Red V1. If suspensions are handed down, he, Jack DeBellin, is the only one of the players at the party who should not miss a game. By my count, the NRL owe him at least 50 games. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, it's like, you're going to cash one in. Is he's going <laughs> to... So spend the love... next two years just fucking punching people in the head. I would absolutely love, by the way, if he actually had with a press relief like that. If Jack DeBellin's like... You owe me 40 iron still, Chiefs. All right. <laughs> I didn't want to double down on similar issues, but this one, a very late submission, like during the show submission, and it's so good. So this is from a St. George Illawarra Dragons Fans United Facebook page. The name's blacked out. I've asked the person who submitted it to get back to me with the name, but we can just submit it as anonymous if they can't get it for me. 
It was a post in this Facebook group. Uh, I would just like to let you know that I'll be taking collections outside gate three of Brookvale Oval next Friday night from 6 p.m. Let's get behind the boys, especially players like JDB who've had a tough time, need our support. Every bit counts. Hashtag Dragons for Life. What? Now, that is bad enough. Have you seen this submitted yet before I ask you this next question? No, I'm looking okay. at the I will give you no don't look, don't look, don't look. Yep. I will give you a thousand dollars if you guess how he spelled especially. It's gotta be an X in there. It's not, but it's so bad. Like what is it? E S P E S H I L L A Y. Speciali. Especially. Yeah, mate. Isaac Luke wouldn't name his kid that. Jesus. I love that you'd be out there with a tin for again. Oh, can we go? We they're can't not, go. They're not but, millionaires, but mate, couple, they, they, look, the fines are heavy. They're big. They're serious. Did you, but fuck them. Did you see that weirdo who wanted to start a like just giving page for that crying German girl at the soccer game? And it was up to like 30 grand, mate. I hate the world and everyone in it. How have we not? Like, we, it'd be so easy to grift idiots out of their money. I, I, mean, I think about doing it like every couple of days. Why don't we just like hire some child actor to cry with us at every sporting event and hope yeah. that they get caught on screen for some loser? We'll group just, I'll just get people. cousin Jack to cry. I'll yeah. slip him a thousand bucks. That's we'll it. be fine. That's it. Easy. We'll, get, we'll take 40 grand and he'll get 1,000. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> think so of, what child I mean, workers are like. He's like 13, doesn't know the value of money. I'd uh, love a thousand dollars. Exactly, would. It's just like any single person who had a child actor. Like the yeah. kid gets like three dollars or whatever. Right. <laughs> like... Jack's becoming our Frankie Muniz. Fantastic. Yeah, I like it. All right. Uh we got um uh I th- the middle comment here is the rookie take, so bear with me. So Dave Hartrell has said the reason for a salary cap was to keep the sport competitive so anyone could win the comp. This clearly hasn't worked. Do you think RL should continue with it? Yeah, no, I mean, whatever. Liam Horrigan, time to ditch it, Dave. Let the fittest survive and thrive. And we might end up with eight top quality teams playing a decent number of games to look after the athletes each season. And it might also significant produce significant interest from the Aussies to give us a marketable international game. What? If you think that this would not just end in any of Roosters, Souths, Broncos being in the grand final yeah, every year. He said the Aussies though, right? So is that... I don't understand how is that he, would... Is he a POM or is he... I guess he must be. Do they have a salary cap? Yes, they do. It's tiny, but like they also have a marquee allowance for one of the players. Yeah, right. Uh, um, no, no, it don't. It doesn't do well. And even if you, oh, make eight or ten, the other teams won't die. It'll suck. They're not going to reduce the size of the competition. Um, so I was told that um, people who've previously won can't win, can't be nominated again. You can be nominated more than once, but you can't win more than once. Who said so? That? Dean Ritchie can't win this week for uh, why can't he win Who said well, that? I, I think i i asked the, the fans and the fans said no nah, one look one at you polling idiots you get a fan email in or something call me <laughs> well mate i've been photoshopped onto that fucking newspaper Peter was yesterday. it was fucking fan- <laughs> it was fantastic but um yeah so dean richie cannot be nominated unfortunately for new south Wales blues players only on 750 dollars a day Poultry wage. Oh, it's just terrible. Apart from, you know, all the other money they earn from playing rugby league. So number five, we have Graham Annesley on 10-meter infringements. It's not like it's having a massive impact on the game. You sure about that? I don't know if that no, should win because not. he's clearly towing the... Com- he's, he's clearly just towing the company line, but he obviously is. that's a lie. Uh, but is. yeah, good week. Good week for rookie takes. Some some bangers in there. I trust the people will do the right thing. Dave Riccio won in a landslide last week, by the way. Yeah, of Which, course if did. people forget was um origins about the journalists not the players uh, i'm paraphrasing slightly but that's pretty much what he said yeah good Perfect. all right 
let's get out of here. We are done for another episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you uh, would like to support us, go to patreon.com for us or just leave us a review on iTunes if you'd like to do that. But uh, whatever, whatever you choose to do, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.